Let's just worship. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Let's begin with a word of prayer this morning. <clears throat> Father, thank you, Lord. Uh, it seems like it came out of nowhere, but here we are at Palm Sunday, just a week before Easter, uh, where everything changed, where the whole history, even the whole DNA of humankind, our destiny at once, the whole, the whole entire future of the world was changed upon that day. Lord God, we want to live in that truth. We want to see the beauty of God. We want to see the glory, the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for in our lives. And not just in our lives, not just in this church, but in this world. Help us to raise up our arms, our hands in prayer, lifting up to you our lives and our faith in Jesus Christ until we see the fullness of Jesus Christ revealed in all the earth. As you're lifted up, may you lift up all people, all your children to you, and help us as a church to be an instrument uh, in this mission that you've given us. Uh, so, Lord, we just offer ourselves again uh, as living sacrifice, and we just give you all the praise and honor in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope my shirt is uh, sufficiently Palm Sunday. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, even though we might not have a real palm, I can just shake what God gave me and welcome the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, gosh, you know, I really look forward uh, again this uh, Good Friday. Uh, I'm really, more than any other Good Friday service, this is a Good Friday that I feel like I personally am most looking forward to. Seven o'clock right here on Friday because of the deeper, deeper understanding of the cross that I've, that I've uh, received from the Lord and just in my life that I want to share with you. So please be there. And also, of course, Easter Sunday uh, to celebrate, remember the victory of Jesus upon the death, upon our sin uh, and what God has done. So friends, we have three, only three Old Testament books left. I'm really sad. I, I didn't know I was going to say this, but I really enjoyed going through the Old Testament, even though it was difficult at some point. But uh, we have just about Zechariah, today's book, Haggai, and Malachi left. We're going to miss it, and we're going to go into New Testament in a couple weeks. But yeah, Zechariah and Haggai is in the same time, in this uh, time of Israel coming out of the exile uh, in Babylon, captivity for 70 years, and they're going to go build their home nation again in Israel. And so uh, Zechariah and Haggai uh, were a little different than Ezra and Nehemiah. These are all contemporary times. Um, and because, you know, Ezra, as we knew, was a priest. Uh, he brought the spiritual renewer. He, he knew the, the law. When, when everyone was lost and didn't know what to do, he was the one that brought the Bible and taught people how to build a temple. Nehemiah, as we saw a few weeks ago, was the governor he was able to rally the people to not just, you know, spiritually serve God, but in their own professions and vocations. He built the walls of the city because God is not just in the temple, but he's in the world, right? He wants to live through us every day in our life. And then today we're going to learn about Zechariah and Haggai next week. So in this time, you know, Zechariah and Haggai were very important as prophets because the people that returned, remember the time, they, they returned. And they're supposed to be happy, but it wasn't like that. Remember, they had external temptation, uh, threats from the surrounding nations. And they also had internal problems. They had temptations that they couldn't overcome. So the prophets were speaking on behalf of God's word. And they needed to be encouraged to see, to hear from how God is seeing it. Because after they started building the temple for 16 years, they stopped. Because they were so afraid, but also they were busy 
building their own lives instead of God's will and God's purposes for them as a people. So we're going to continue. So in this book of Zechariah, as any other prophetic books, you're going to see a lot of visions. You're going to hear a lot of uh, dreams and a lot of words from God. A lot of God said this and God said this. In fact, um, the the book Zechariah is one of the most messianic book in the Old Testament, meaning it's as an Old Testament prophecy, uh, just like Isaiah has so many prophecies about Jesus Christ who came hundreds of years after this time. In fact, there's 30 total prophecies, and many have been fulfilled, right? So, in fact, as I was coming to, honestly, how many of you guys knew today was Palm Sunday? Like, not today, but like before you were like, oh, it's coming up. Easter's coming up. Raise your hand. Okay. Not very many. In fact, I was like, when is Easter? I'm like, what? It's next week? (laughs) Honestly, you know, but I was like, oh, my gosh, how is the Old Testament book going to highlight and be used for Palm Sunday and Easter? But I was like, oh, my gosh, it was amazing to see that Zechariah, the book we're going to talk about today is the most important and relevant book in the Bible regarding today's Palm Sunday, and you'll see why. If you paid attention as we were reading the scripture, the answer was right in there. But not just Palm Sunday, but the entire Holy Week that we're going to find, that Jesus' last week before he goes to the cross, that we're going to think about and celebrate this week, is found in the book of Zechariah. Here are some of the prophecies of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, that Zechariah provided. So Zechariah 6, verse 12, it reflect, is reflected in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, that describes Jesus as the high priest and the king. This was rare because, remember, when the, high, when the priest was set, it was always the priest did the priestly work, and someone like Moses, David, Solomon did the king's work. But actually, after the exile, it was the priests who had the kingly role. And then Jesus ultimately becomes the royal priest. And we also are now in his royal priesthood. So that's another, that's one of the really important things. Another prophecy that comes true in Zechariah 10, verse 4, it's reflected in Ephesians 2, 20, which calls Jesus the cornerstone. That Jesus, this word is, is, is prophesied, prophesied by Zechariah, describing that Jesus is the most important stone in what God is doing. God is going to build something new through the life of Jesus Christ. Another one, Zechariah 11, verse 7, is reflected in Matthew 9, verse 35, which calls Jesus the good shepherd. In, in the verse 12, in Matthew 26, verse 40, 14 is reflected in Matthew. In fact, the 30 pieces of silver, do you guys know why 30 pieces of silver is important in this week? That was how much Judas was paid to betray Jesus. That was prophesied to the single digit. 30 pieces of silver is exactly what Zechariah was revealed by God that's going to happen in the time of Jesus' life. Moving on uh, again in uh, chapter 12, verse 10 of Zechariah is reflected in 19, verse 34. There's a, there's a very important detail that John chapter 19 says that after Jesus was hung on the cross, usually they break their legs, right, to make sure they're dead. But when they saw Jesus, they realized he was already dead. So unlike any other people, just to make sure he's dead, they took a spear and ran it into his side and blood and water came out. But Jesus was already dead. And so that act of looking upon the one they pierced is the words that Zechariah prophesied hundreds of years ago. And then another one uh, in Zechariah 13, 7, reflected in Matthew 26, it talks about how when the shepherd was struck, the sheep were scattered. 
That's what we see happening later this week as Jesus is hung on the cross. As Jesus dies, his sheep, the, the, the disciples, they all scattered and they ran away. So isn't it amazing how many details God already planned Jesus' death and sacrifice in your place because he loves you hundreds of years ago. And Zechariah was a book that represents this. And of course, today's, well, first of all, this thing here, as you can see, is pretty much one of the, some of the highlights of this entire week. I didn't know Zechariah was so relevant to New Testament and this holy week. And of course, the passage that we read today is reflected about in Matthew chapter 21, Palm Sunday. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. It's daughter means it's referring to the nation. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on, a, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. People who probably heard this probably laughed, like, what? A king comes to us in a donkey? But that's exactly what happened today. Many, 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 many years ago as Jesus entered into Jerusalem. So literally, it's Palm Sunday. This scene right here uh, was taken, uh, an actual photo. That's why it's, it's in low resolution. I'm sorry they didn't have 1080 back then or 4K. It's an exact representation. I'm just kidding. But this is exactly what our passage, today's Palm Sunday, was about. Jesus entering into Jerusalem one last time. People didn't know it was the one last time, but they thought Jesus is coming. At this point, he's been ministering for three years, and everyone knows what he's capable of. Walking on water, multiplying food, casting demons out, opening blind eyes, even raising dead people. And Jesus, they realized, is the Messiah, and they raised their branches, their palm branches on this day, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahweh. And they, they were praising him. But as you can see, this picture is a little bit weird. Can you guys see what's weird? He's on a donkey. And in fact, uh, if you read the passage in Matthew, Jesus said, go and bring the donkey that you're going to find with its baby. So I, I don't think the detail says whether he wrote the mother or the, the, uh, the, the baby. But I think he actually rode not the big donkey, but the small donkey. So even more, this scene is so kind of like people are saying, yes, Jesus is going to save us. But they're like, kind of weird. It's kind of like imagine today if we had, um, I, I guess we don't see this in, in Hawaii a lot, but in, in the mainland, whenever a national championship is won, and let's say you know the Lakers won, right? And of course, LeBron James is like the greatest, right? Or he was the greatest, uh, anyways. But if he wins, right, everyone proceeds through the town, and there's thousands of people cheering, yeah, you're our hero, you make us great, right? But imagine all the players came in their own cars. So they had Lamborghini, Mercedes, they had, uh, what are, what, uh, uh, what's, what's amazing cars? Uh, Ferrari and all these things. But then LeBron James is riding in the front with a 1993 Hyundai Sonata. Do you guys even know what that looked like? Well, I did because that's the year I left Korea, and that's the car we had in Dominican Republic. Something's wrong. Something's weird. He's supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be the leader, and he comes today on a donkey. How many of you guys have actually seen donkey? They're very cute. They're very small, right? They're not threatening. In fact, actually, they, yeah, they are, they are strong, though, okay? So don't get them angry. But usually when a king comes into a town, a public figure like this, the palms represent victory in battle. 
you know, shaking this and waving this and welcoming such a person is either they have won the war or you're encouraging them, cheering them on to go and win the war. And you cannot go into war with donkeys. I have never heard in world history where donkeys were important or very powerful in war. So what does this mean? Today in our passage that we read, it says, Here is your king, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey. Those two phrases kind of don't go hand in hand, right? Victorious on a donkey. So there's something that uh, actually this was a practice. In fact, this was not a first-time event. In fact, Jerusalem was kind of used to it. If you guys know history, Jerusalem was kind of in the middle of two and maybe three great uh, empires. They were kind of stuck in the middle. So whenever the northern nations wanted to go invade the south, they had to go through Jerusalem. And then if the king is riding through Jerusalem on a war horse, then Jerusalem knew, okay, it's time to uh, uh, get your sword out and get ready to fight because they want to conquer. But if that foreign uh, king would ride on a donkey, they know, okay, he's just passing by. So this is some, it's not a frequent thing, but there are examples of kings who have done this. So they understand that this Jesus ultimately was coming in peace. So the point of this uh, Palm Sunday is to remind us that God is coming to us in peace, not in war, which is exactly what Jesus did, right? He didn't come that time into Jerusalem to raise up arms and to dethrone, dethrone others and to bloodshed and to fight the battles like the days of old. But it was a time that Jesus came riding on a donkey to proclaim peace to Jerusalem and peace to the world. What else does this show us about? The words here, lowly, is actually the word humble, right? Jesus wants to remind us, as he did in Matthew 11, verse 28, this is Jesus not putting on a show this is Jesus who he really is. This is not Jesus, you know, he didn't the night before lose his sleep on like, oh my gosh, my PR, what are the people going to say about me? What's the right image I should portray? No, no, no. This is who Jesus is. He is humble. And so remember Matthew 11, he says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened with life and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. Let's say that again. I am gentle and humble in heart. That is our Jesus. He is lovely. He is worthy. He is amazing to be around. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants to remind us in a world where so much fighting is happening, in a world where there is no rest, in a world where we're under the curse, we have to work, and the work is thorny, the work is, makes us sweat, makes us tired. Jesus is saying, I'm here to give you humble peace. I'm here to give you rest for your souls. This idea of Jesus being humble, again, is not a show. It's not him acting. This is who he is at the core of who he is. In fact, he said, into his kingdom, blessed are those who are, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to invite us to take, to follow him into the kingdom of God, riding on the donkey ourselves of humility and of poverty of heart, broken of heart. Because Jesus said, I didn't come for those who think they're rich and those who think they're all good on their own, but I came for those who are sick, lost, and sinners. 
So whether you are, uh, you know, financially or socially in, in different class or whatever the world tries to define you by, the world always tries to put a value on you. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what the world value says. If you know that you are sick, lost, and you are broken and a sinner, Jesus is saying, you're welcome. I am with you. He's not someone who's far away above that we cannot reach before. It's interesting, the whole week, in fact, this whole week that he was on the, uh, in Jerusalem, he was staying at a town called Bethany. That word means house of the poor, right? He loves hanging out with people who know that they're in need of God. He loves hanging out with people who know that they are broken and in need of healing and in need of God's rest. I wonder if you guys have that true heart. This is a place you can be honest with God and find rest and comfort for who you are deep inside the world cannot understand. And finally, today we realize that Jesus is entering into this holy week as God's offering. Isaiah 53 describes Jesus in this way. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. This is Jesus, the lamb that was led to the slaughter. Jesus was coming into Jerusalem not to make something great of his name, but to offer his life to this, for the sake of God, for the sake of your sins, to make us righteous, to deliver us from sin and death once and for all. This is Jesus becoming uh, God's offering and God's sacrifice on our behalf. All of this is a reminder that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's ultimate purpose. So if, as we come to the end of the book of Old Testament, remember, the book of Old Testament is a book of history of an actual people called the nation of Israel. They all began when Abraham, in faith, stood out. And God made this promise to Abraham. God made this promise. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham will surely become great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. That is the original purpose and promise God gave to Israel. And how are we blessed through Abraham and the nation of Israel? Jesus Christ, the son of David, that comes into this holy week to offer his life as a sacrifice. Friends, today we are reminded that Jesus is a king from a different kingdom. He ushers in with him a kingdom that is not of this world. And the most important question that you must ask on this holy week, on perhaps this most important week of our lives, to remember how everything, as I pray, changed because of this week's events, I want to ask you, are you ready to welcome this king? Is there room for this Jesus in your life? What the people were shouting out in that, on that Palm Sunday, on this moment of Jesus' triumphant entry, was the word Hosanna. As we sang today, as we sing again, it, it means save us now. Can we say that together? Hosanna. Hosanna, yes. It's both a request but also a praise. It's us realizing that more than anything or anyone, we're saying, Jesus, you are the one who saves. 
in every situation of our life, whatever the circumstance, whatever the threat, whatever the trials and persecutions you may be experiencing right now, you are declaring, when you say Hosanna, you're saying, God, you're the one who makes a way where there is no way. So friends, this is both a time of praising God, but more importantly, this is you inviting God and saying, God, will you save me now? Save me in an urgency, right? Because hosan is the word to save us, but the, the na re- require, it, it speaks of the word of do it now, do it with urgency. I want us to take the moment this week, as we begin this week of reflecting on Jesus' last week on, on, on this life before his death on the cross, to make time to welcome Jesus into your life, that you would say to Jesus, God, there is no other salvation. For all the situations I am in, for all the hardships that I'm facing, there is no salvation but you alone, Jesus. This prophecy about Jesus walking in and and riding the donkey, uh, when Zechariah gave it, he was speaking to a people that were broken, that were dysfunctional, that were scattered, right? The nation of Israel was no longer a nation. They, had, they could not worship God for 70 years. They didn't even have the Bible. They were forgetting God. But those who came and continued in their faith, even though they wanted to fight, they realized that they were weak. And when Zechariah found the people, went to see what the people were doing, what was happening in the time of Zechariah, Ezra, and Nehemiah, as we know, is that they were not building the, the presence of God. They were not building the temple, but instead they were busy say, trying to save their own lives. So basically the people left Babylon, uh, at that time was Persia, and they went back. But instead of being excited to see the, the glory of God restored, instead of seeing the, their majesty, their king, the kingdom of Jesus on in their life, they retreated to try to save their own. They, the prophet found them building not the temple where is the presence of God, but they were building their own homes, which is not bad. But it represents that these people began to trust not in God, but in building their own lives. They were so busy and hard on building their life on their own strength that they forgot it's Hosanna, belongs to God. It's only through God who is able to save and able to deliver. It is true in the same way for us. Many times we forget that God who is able to save, sometimes he's lost. His, his kingdom is, is not near us anymore, but we're building our own kingdom. We're building our own plans and our own strength. But we have another chance today and every day to say again, Hosanna. So friends, the words that they continue saying was, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is quoting Psalm chapter 1, uh, 118, verse 25. Can we say that together? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This praise, this phrase of prayer and request to God is you recognizing, God, I need your help. There are so many things in our lives that I've tried and I cannot accomplish, but thank you that you have come and you are willing to let us invite Jesus to be the one who is the Lord. As I close my sermon, you know, there was uh, some, some pastors were talking about, or some people thinking about this event, and, you know, the donkey uh, was very special, isn't he? To, I want to I see if we go to heaven and we can interview this donkey. 
you know, we, we've known Donkish to be able to talk. Hopefully he'll be there and we can interview him and say, wow, how'd you do it? What did it feel like to have Jesus on this holy time come into, be praised as the one who will save the Messiah? And then the, real, the reality is, why was this donkey chosen? Was he any different than anyone else? No, but the people said it's because this donkey was simply available. It's the same thing. In our hearts, as we want to experience Jesus, the fullness of his kingdom, the power of the, this king from a different kingdom, if we want to see his peace, and Zechariah is full of the promises of how God will save, how God cleanses, and how God defeats the enemy, if you want that to be a reality, it requires us, like this donkey, to be available, to make available space. There's going to come a time where he's no longer coming on a donkey. The second time he comes, into Jerusalem, he will come in a white horse, in a warrior horse, and he says that he'll be drenched with the blood of those who stand against his kingdom. The ones who are behind the, the massive uh, uh, slavery, massive abuse, and massive injustice, killing people that are for Satan's will, God will one day come, not as a donkey anymore, but with a sword in his hand, but friends, until that time, today we have the peace and the rest and the humility of God given to us. I pray that there will be room in your heart more than ever before to receive this King as our Lord and as our Savior. Let us pray together. Father, we want to take this time to see, Lord, if we are willing to welcome Jesus as the one and only God, as the one, one and only Savior, that there is no salvation apart from Jesus. Maybe, maybe you are the Savior of a part of our lives. Maybe you are a, you know, really relevant in some times of our lives. But Lord, there is no other way in all of our vocation, in all of our striving, in all of our relationships. It's time to declare Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Holy Spirit, may this Holy Week be unlike any other time. For such a time as this, as, we come in, as we're coming out of this uh, uh, horrible experience, the pandemic, Lord, ahead of us are greater trials, ahead of us are greater darkness that wants to rise against the kingdom of God. Uh, but just like the people of Israel, they had an opportunity to welcome Jesus and they failed. May not be so for us. May we be chosen to host the kingdom of God. And so, God, today we want to rise up and we want to raise up our spiritual palm branches to you and say, we trust you. We believe in you. You are the only God. You are the only Messiah. Hosanna, 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 Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, friends, 